Hello and welcome to this week's Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. Tom Williams' guests this week are artistic director Julie Ritchie and managing director Christian Libinati of the Filament Theater Ensemble. Welcome, guys. So let's start out with the managing director, with Christian. Tell us about Filament Theater. What, what are you guys about? Well, we started in... in 2007, um, we were a group right out of Northwestern University, and we had been doing shows together uh, at Northwestern, and we decided that we wanted to continue to create theater and create shows, and, and we'd found a group of people that we really enjoyed doing that with. So that's kind of where it began, and then since then, we've expanded quite a bit away from Northwestern as well. Okay, Julie, you answer this question. I saw in your uh, mission statement that you want to do folk tradition. Yes. Tell me what in theater, because see, when I hear folk tradition, I'm picturing, uh, you know, a, a guy in a cowboy hat or right. uh, playing the guitar and uh, and doing a bluegrass <laughs> And I mean, we do love guitar and bluegrass as well, but I think it encompasses more than that. Um, we actually recently, uh, just to sort of talk back a little bit um, from how we arrived at theater at a folk tradition, is uh, we have come from a brief hiatus where we've been uh, reevaluating our mission statement and uh, trying to build a really strong infrastructure to move forward into the future. Because as Christian said, we started as a really small group out of Northwestern and then have since expanded beyond that, but sort of in a way that we it grew faster than we were expecting, which is a great problem to have, but we just needed to pause and rethink. So we had this... Which, by the way, is a great idea because <laughs> I've seen over the years a lot of startup groups disintegrate. Yes. They either lose track of what they're doing or egos get in the way, whatever. After a year or two, they're gone. And it's, I mean, it's hard. It's stressful. There's a lot that comes up. They, you know, every show is a huge learning experience. And um, so we, do, we feel really lucky that we were able to pause and sort of reflect on that. Because I think if we hadn't given ourselves the time to do that, it just gets overwhelming. And But fortunately, since we have been around, officially, we were officially incorporated as 501c3 in 2007, but we've been working together since 2006. So we have essentially four seasons worth of material to look back on and say, what, have we, what do we value? What do we keep coming back to? And where we sort of landed on that was this idea of theater in a folk tradition okay. that a lot. <laughs> so I'm there's the lead up. Oh, okay. I am. I now am. I am. <laughs> So there's a, there's a quote that I think really expresses this idea well. It's a William Brooke quote, which is that there, and I'm going to, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing this, but telling a tale links you with everyone who has ever told that tale before. There are no new tales, only new tellers in their own way. And if you listen closely, you can hear the voice of everyone who has ever told that tale. So the sort of stories that we're drawn to um, is very much in the same idea, that we, we're interested in stories that are rooted in universal human truths. We've done adaptations of Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, Sleepy Hollow, Pinocchio. Uh, we did orig an original Commedia show, which is sort of follows the Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Um, so it's not specifically adapted from one particular story, but it follows that very classic story structure. And then allowing what are you, our individual audiences and the individual artists bring to that sort of shape it into something new. So in the same way that if you, 
if there's a folk musician, for example, that, you know, the song Shenandoah has been sung and recorded thousands of times, but, and it's the same song. So you have the, the bones of this song, this story, this dance, whatever the tradition is. And then it's the context, it's the person who's telling the story, it's the way it's being told, the particular audience that's listening to it, and what's happening in the culture at the time that brings new things to it or shapes it into something slightly different. And so through that, we sort of see what it is that binds us together, what is it about the story of Alice in Wonderland that that it has been loved for nearly 200 years, and and also what makes us unique. You know, what does Christian see in Alice in Wonderland that's different than I see in Alice in Wonderland? And a lot of your emphasis has been uh, for, for children or for schools, right? Because you've been doing a lot of daytime. Um, we do. We which have... no one knows much about, <laughs> and I haven't really... I think you're going to be... You're the first group that's really uh, heavy into that uh, and I and I've got to cover that more because uh, I think that's valid I, I think that's how we get the young kids used to and understanding what theater is about absolutely yeah we're really interested in sort of building that audience as well and also in the idea that um, the world of the play doesn't just exist while it's happening on stage that it there's to sort of integrate it holistically into the world and so you take these Working the with schools? the education system is, yeah, we do. We tour into schools through um, a program of, with Urban Gateways. Okay. What, what age group generally? Do you want to talk about that? Um, sure. Yeah. We've, um, we've gone in through um, preschool through up to eighth grade, actually. Um, so you, do you have different types of shows for these different audiences? We've actually we've been able to adapt the show a bit to, to meet um, the needs of different audiences. But mainly we've stuck through really geared toward up to sixth grade. Wow, I remember Mark Robin and Curtail Clark telling me you know they've done you've probably been into some they've done a lot of children's shows mm-hmm. musicals. Mm-hmm. They said they're the they're the most brutally honest audiences because if the kids don't like it, they're not afraid to turn to their mother and say, "I don't like this. Let's go home." Yeah. yeah. Well, and we've we've toured with Urban Gateways. We've toured a show um, with them for the past two years, and this will be our third year now. And um, each year, it's kind of been a new version of the same show that we've what done. What show is that? It's Alice and Me. Okay. The first year, it went by a different title called Six Impossible Things, um, which was a different show. And then each year, we've taken our what we've learned from touring it and the response that the, the students have given us and readapted the show to get closer to what really connects with them. Yeah, I, I can see the power of that because uh, I have gone... I've not seen one of your shows, these children's shows, but I did see... Uh, adventure stages. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with. They yep. do some terrific stuff. Where only they have a venue. They're right. they're lucky, <laughs> to, and they bring schools in there, and they talk to the kids before or whatever. I, I think I saw Treasure Island the last one they did, and they gave the kids an idea of what it's going to be about, and uh, you know, giving them some questions. We're going to ask you about this, this, and that, and then mm-hmm. they can do a talk back at the end, and the kids really get it and they really respond to it. I, I was impressed with with what they do. Yeah. So, are you doing something similar? Yeah, yeah, and we've we have a connection with the Summer Theater of New Canaan, and in the past couple of summers, we've gone out there to do a children's show, um, specifically for children. This year, we did um, Susical the Musical, and um, and we've always incorporated different outreach events with that. For example, we created Susical Interactive, where we geared it toward um, an audience of mostly people who had autism. And um, 
invited them to come up on the stage and be with the actors and dance and sing along. Wow, that, that's a gutsy move. It was quite, it, it went really How did it well. it work out, yeah? It worked out really well. It was the first time we'd ever done anything like that. So we learned a lot, again, certainly, and have lots of plans for, for another version of that and really figuring out how we can best. Um, You're going to bring that, to, in, incorporate that in your in your day program. Yeah, exactly. Great. Just to elaborate on that a little bit, with Alice and Me, the new version that we have, which is adapted by another ensemble member, Jack Novak, and uh, Christian's actually directing it. But it, it sort of in that same way involves bringing students on stage as part of the action. It's something, this will be our first year sort of trying that sort of from what we've learned from all those experiences where they, you know, students will be, one of our actors is the head of the caterpillar and then other students form the body. So sort of in the same way that you're talking about with adventure stage with the, the preparation at the beginning, it's structured as um, the beginning part of the play is sort of teaching them what their interaction is going to be. You know, this is this is how the caterpillar is going to work, etc., and incorporating them on stage so that you know they're in it and they're watching their friends and and it's really engaging. Hopefully, engaging in that way. I'm really. We start rehearsal next Monday, so it'll be exciting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, it's this is, it sounds it, it's adventurous, <laughs> but that's just one division of what you guys are doing. You yes. still do uh, adult right. uh, shows like everyone else yeah yeah we've i think in the past we have started to kind of um be 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 seen as more of children's theater um family oriented is what we create but really and in kind of part of our new branding uh, our rebranding um strategy and mission right now has been to show that it's not specifically for children only that we're creating theater that's engaging to a multi-generational audience but um, and connects with everyone. So you, but you're going to do shows uh, for adults uh, in you know the, the normal evening and weekend runs uh, that are aren't necessarily the same shows. Right. That you do. For That's right. Yeah. yeah, we're we're actually we're going to be starting our season, our our evening performance season with "Choose Thine Own Adventure," which is a Shakespearean choose your own adventure story. Um, that we're Tell us, uh, wait, say that again. <laughs> that Choose your own Shakespeare. Choose thine own adventure. I own it. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it's we're we're taking different scenes from Shakespeare. So it'll be the Shakespearean scenes, but we will um, allow the audience to decide what happens next, basically. So it's going to be a collection of Shakespeare's. Probably a lot of the most popular ones and most fun ones. A little bit of uh, Second City and a little bit of Edmund Drood thrown in. Exactly. A little bit, a little bit. Well, just so sort of for an example, one of the the first interactions is it's uh, the scene from Midsummer Night's Dream where the Rude Mechanicals are rehearsing the play and they're trying to find out if the moon is out or not. And then so the audience decides, is the moon out or is the moon not out? And if the moon is out, it goes into the taming of the shrew scene with Kate and Petruchio, this is the sun. And if the moon is not out, then it goes to Romeo and Juliet. And sort of so it keeps continuing to fork that way, but it forms its own continuous arc. Now you're going to direct, right? You're yes. Like, That's got to be a chore. So, <laughs> so, so, I mean, how many variables do you have at different parts? Because you've like, got to rehearse several shows. Yes, we do. I we mean, do. you don't steer the audience as like some of the... 
mystery oh, stuff. Never, that's uh, cheating. Because uh, Edmund Drood was known for that. You know, right. they had right. what three or four people, and and no matter what the count was or whatever night turn it was, that's what happened. Right. Yeah. The script is actually still in its workshop stages. We, oh, so this would be a world premiere? This is world premiere, brand new. Wow. Um, yeah, we're really excited. It's a show that we've been talking about probably for two years now. This is one of the ideas that, that we always had. That it, it's to be comical? It's uh, satirical? I mean, it's is it a rip on the bard or oh, never. pay homage? <laughs> <laughs> I think in in its own way, sort of, I guess... What's really exciting to me about it is this this idea of you know I'm I'm a huge 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 lover of Shakespeare, Good. and Th- then it's in safe hands, right? Well, I hope even if you're going to even if you do satire, it's not you're not going to like rip them apart. Of course, no, no, yeah, not at all. Right, it's with with a, a big heart for Shakespeare. So if you look at Shakespeare in its original context, sort of. The way that that we keep talking about it is is back in Elizabethan times. You know, you look what's the, what's the entertainment for the people. You go to the bear baiting, you go to the whorehouse, or you go to a play. And so, you know, it has this sort of mass appeal. They're fighting on stage and ghosts and blood. And you know, and I think every time you know I pass Wrigley Field or something, and there are tens of thousands of people in there, and you know, there there's an audience and there's this passion, and there's this excitement, but. You know, where people are fighting to try to get 30 people to come see their play. And so what is it that, you know, Shakespeare back in its day had this sort of visceral appeal? And um, Yeah, because they did well. They, yeah, yeah. They sold out. Right. And, you know, he's, he's, he's still around. Yeah. <laughs> he's stuck around for quite a while. So so to sort of tap in, what what is it that sort of gets at that um, involved? And like you're, we were talking a little bit earlier about, kids being a totally truthful audience that somehow totally honest right but as we've become adults we have this bred into us of you know you must sit politely you must blah 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 and and that theater is this living breathing thing that is a dialogue always between the audience and the performers even if it's not a literal i mean this is a bit of a literal dialogue in that they actually control the arc of the play but regardless, you know, any anyone who's seen a show or been in a show knows if it's a really, really active audience, then the perform, you know, it interacts with the performers in a different way, and and it's always a dialogue. So how how do you sort of tap into that community experience and that fun and and um, that so, clearly exists in gonna, the text? Okay, are you going to call these uh, uh, comedies? Um, going to be funny shows? And not necessarily- choose thine own adventure. Yeah. I think it'll be really fun. I think, I think well it's also we're also performing it in a bar. Yes. Um, we're going for the real groundlings yeah. atmosphere here. This is Shakespeare. How many people are you going to be able to put in the bar? It seats up to 50. Yeah. So okay. it's it's like a back room idea. We're doing it in the underground lounge in Wrigleyville. So Okay, I don't know where that is. I don't go to bars, but if you guys <laughs> You invite, will for this one. Yeah. If you guys invite me out, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, well, that's terrific. I don't know if you guys saw the Strange Tree group. They did that uh, uh, fi- uh, ficus. I didn't get to which I. Tom Wilmorth, the playwright, is actually someone that I I know from the Idaho Shakespeare Festival. Yeah, and so. I, I I met him, and his only question was, "Is it a bit too long?" And I said, "Yeah, it's a that one's <laughs> a little long." But I said, "So what? You can always cut it." Right. The worst thing in the world is a play being too short, and I've seen too short plays that. A lot of people don't realize that too short, you're better off overwriting because you can always cut. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, well, he's great. You might, you he's might, wonderful. Yeah, you might want to talk to him about that or, or have him send you a copy of the script because they went for the comedy. Mm-hmm. And I just re- read a recommendation someone put on Chris Jones's site about uh, when they had a, they had something canceled. Uh, the foreign French show at Shakespeare got canceled, so they have an opening slot around Christmas time. So maybe your show or <laughs> or his show or in would rep. Be, would be would be to you know to fill that spot uh, existing shows because they're both very Shakespeare oriented. That's why I kind of asked that question because you got to make sure you get uh, Barbara Gaines and Chris Henderson out to see it. Well, you, you put Rick in a Boynton. word for us. I will. I don't know them. I don't know them. I've been trying to get Barbara Gaines on the, the podcast, but she's a little shy on interviews, uh, which I respect. Yes, but I'll find a way. <laughs> so that's terrific. Um, that that will be that, that's a world premiere. Then it is. It is. We mm-hmm. actually have our first read through of the script on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we have we have two world premieres this okay. season. What else? Um, our other one is Orpheus. Which would you like to sure talk to that? Um, but first, let me ask you a question yeah. about Orpheus. Those of us who have been around, this is like the only thing new in the world is a history you don't know. I'll fill you in on some things that have happened in the past here. We as reviewers get so upset when so many people are doing anything involved in the Greek tragedy because they have no clue what they're doing. And even if they do it, you know, they like it because everyone gets 500 lines, you know. But they never make it stage-worthy. And I have sat through some of those things that I'd rather be in a shootout with an empty gun. I mean, it's just (laughs) torturous. So with that, and a lot of, that's why I said to people, make sure you sell your show if it's not, that, which I'm sure you're going to tell me it's not. Okay, I'm getting the nod. Because you want to make sure you get the reviewers out. You want to get Chris Jones out because, you know, Chris has the power of, as you've seen with the small shows, when he really likes a show, that it sells out the run. And you want to get him and you want to get uh, Hetty out. And, and all, all of us, because otherwise we'll all pass and send our newer reviewers. And you really take your chances with the newer reviewers. Mm-hmm. So tell us of what that's, you know, I hopefully it's not that. It is not. Good. Thank it's God. not Greek tragedy. I, I actually went through when I was studying at Northwestern. Yeah. We had a semester where we or a quarter where we studied Greek tragedy, and um, uh, I, it was just torture for I me. They're so long. <laughs> I, I mean, it was great acting training, but it's, yeah, it's it, you know you can go on with a five minute speech that when you're finished with it, no one, including you, knows what you just said. <laughs> Uh, Christian still has a very visceral reaction to hearing Carmina Barana, I think, from that experience. Yeah. So tell us about this show. This, this is another world premiere? This is a world premiere. It's okay. a show that we we workshopped. The director, Omen Said, who's the associate artistic director of the company, he did a workshop of this show about a year ago. And he is primarily trained in physical theater. And so this started out, it's, it's since evolved into something, uh, something grander, but it is, it's an adaptation of the Orpheus myth through clowning and Buffon. Oh, which is, so there's, um, I love that stuff. If it's done well, again, it's, and Omen is, I mean, he's really amazing with this stuff. So, so it's definitely in some good hands with him. So it's, I'm Who's super excited. That? He is Omen Said. Okay. So yes, conceived and directed. So the the cast breakdown is uh, there's Orpheus and Eurydice, as you might expect, and then three the three sort Buffons who are sort of creatures of the underworld, just the grotesque clowning to, to sort of metal 
in his journey back to get Eurydice. And uh, and then yep. there's also sort of the the new fun addition to where we're sort of where the play is going this time around, how it's grown from the workshop is that it's a nightclub atmosphere. And so fate rather the originally was sort of folk music, ukulele, the three clowns had sort of a Broadway musical number written by Tyler Beatty that that one might, I mean, it's pretty awesome. But um, so there might still be a show tune, who knows. But that fate, the, this um, sort of using music to be fate, um, and, you know, obviously the connection between Orpheus and music, and that it's really sort of the driving force of it. So that to Omen sort of connected with a DJ and a nightclub and sort of how that that music sort of controls a group in that sort of setting. So, it seems so to me the casting is going to be the key. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, if you're, you know, if you have great comics and people that really know their their craft, uh, uh, they can. I, there's some good Comedia del Art stuff being done mm-hmm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, but th- th- this is somewhat similar in the sense of physical comedy. Yeah. Well, and that's really what we're we're still exploring, and because we're adding this new sense of this totally um, contemporary, you know, DJ atmosphere and then mixing it with some of the grotesque comedy, it's going to be exciting. We don't quite know exactly what to expect from it, but uh, but it, it will be something to talk about. <laughs> okay, that well, that's that's what we need and that's what's great about Chicago theater is is you young guys come in and, and form a group and push the envelope, you know. It doesn't always all work, but... Eventually, right. it does. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and we it's a need series that. of exploring and, and trying out new things. And that's what's so great about being in Chicago. Also, is that you're able to do that. And I feel like there's a really a real recognition from the community of you know just because something doesn't work, it's not condemned forever. That it's you know then the, the company is given another chance. And it's been, I mean, because every show is such a huge learning experience, especially for a new company. So it's it's just the best community. Well, let me ask you in. this: uh, Are you guys uh, Jeff eligible yet? We are not yet. When is that going to happen? We're we're trying to we're in talks right now, yeah. trying to figure out how we can make that happen. Um, yeah, because it's so many years and so many shows and all right, that. Right, exactly. Uh, it, it's uh, it's too bad that, and I understand why they do it for the. For, you know, for the non-actor, I just saw the Sherlock Holmes show that's in town that I think would have would have won some Jeffs, but they're not eligible. They're a new group, hmm. and I I just told my sister keep on doing you know keep on doing stuff like that. Right. You know, recognition. But you guys are getting close, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I think um, is it if possible not this year, year? Next year okay. would be uh, we would definitely be eligible. I, I believe next year, but we're we're trying for later in the year. Uh, any chance you guys um, are going to do some equity stuff? You know, with the one because I know Christian, you're equity, mm-hmm. and we have for, a and couple. For order, and in, in, in order for you to be in a show in your own company, you're right. going to have to take at least a guest contract. Or well, I was whatever. I was equity when we did our first show, and and I got a, a, a special agreement okay. with equity, and so we have on um, this past summer one of our ensemble members, who's also equity, Ryan Riley, played Horton in Susicle, so we got a contract for him. So so we've we've started a relationship with Equity certainly and and as our you know more of our ensemble members and actors become equity, we'll we'll you know Yeah, I know a lot of people don't do. realize that well number one it gives you a larger pool to uh, to draw from for for players. Right. But it does add a lot of expense. 
to the shows. Yes. Because you got to pay absolutely. into the pension and, and guarantee a certain salary and everything. Right. But uh, uh, I, I think in Chicago, you guys got to agree that you can cast a lot of great people without going into the equity pool. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What else we have on this this year's – you're going to do the children's shows. Right. So we'll, we'll be touring Alice and Me all through the season. And then um, we'll, if anyone's I get a fair amount of teachers uh, that listen to these podcasts, how would they contact you if they were interested in, in finding out uh, about you guys bringing one of your shows to their school? Sure. You can go to Urban Gateways. Um, I believe it's urbangateways.org. Um, well, or you can the the woman who's responsible for booking is Tara Ortiz um, and her email address uh, is T-O-R-T-I-Z at urbangateways.org. And she does. She does all of the. Um, but you'll forward it if it come, can, can come to your absolutely, your guys site. absolutely. We can pass that along to her. She's awesome. She's just been the best to work with. Well, that's that's terrific because uh, we can't have. We need to have more of these programs for the kids. But I'm getting excited about what you guys are doing. <laughs> what about locations now? Uh, are you guys uh, have a home or searching for a home? Or We're. We're searching for a variety of <laughs> different spaces for each show. So, so basically, we're finding um, at, at this time we're just looking for specific spaces to meet the needs of the specific shows. So, before uh, since we don't have a space right now, we do have the luxury of setting this one in a bar and setting this one in more of a nightclub venue, or or setting you know so or in a proscenium. So, so we we have lots of different options right now. Well, that's good. That'll work <laughs> out. All of the options right now. <laughs> All right, Julie. For, for uh, you, you are primarily a director. Yes. You're not an actor. I will act in rare circumstances okay. when summoned, but mostly a director. When summoned, okay. Yes. So, and uh, are you directing just for filament, or are you outside director? Um, right now, that's about all I got time for. It's been a pretty epic process this we we call it the relaunch our filament relaunch and then now we're already into pre-production for choose then an adventure you know by no means there's if there's anyone out there who wants to hire a young director okay give me a call okay <laughs> and christian i've seen you in a lot of marriott shows yeah you're, you're you've done some you're a terrific dancer you've been in some great, <laughs> tell us about some of the shows you've been in well, I've, I was super lucky that right out of school, I I performed in Shenandoah, um, mm -hmm. directed by David Bell. I, I thought that was wonderful. Better than the tour yeah, that well, I saw. Thank you. Yeah. It was such a, a special experience for everybody, a part of it. Um, and then well, it's an interesting story to start talking about equity. You know, I, I became equity right then, and then didn't work for a year, you know, so that it's, happens so it's many, an interesting... All of a sudden, you're in a pool versus exactly. all those other ensemble exactly. guys that are dancers, right? Right, yeah. right, right. So, um, but then, luckily enough, I was able to continue to work at the Marriott, and I did Hairspray there, and My Fair Lady, and Joseph, and um, I've had a... And Bowery Boys, Fiddler. and Fiddler, yeah. So it's it's been... I've had a lot of luck out there and, and had such a wonderful time. And then over here. the summer you went out to the, the New Canaan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my parents run a summer theater in Connecticut, the Summer Theater of New Canaan. So I've been um, out there the past seven summers um, helping, working with them, performing in shows. How is that to, to work for the family? Is that tougher than <laughs> Well, I've, I've been in, I've been directed by both my mom and my sister, and it's 
you know, it's uh, it's it's probably what you would expect. You know, it's there's part of you that's like, oh, you can't tell me what to do, mom. But then there's that part of you that's like, oh, she's the director, so I have to. Because I know people that would that would never get in that situation. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's it been a lucky out, thing. Huh? It it works out, and it's they're two of the the best directors I've ever worked for. Too, so, uh, so, oh, you have any upcoming shows now that you're back? No, I'm like I'm, I'm directing Alice and Me, okay. and then um, I'm I'm just we've got plenty of work ahead of ourselves, just keeping the company together. So yeah, it's and I think between Marriott, Drury Lane, Oakbrook, and Theater <laughs> at the Center, I I think we'll I'll get a press every time I say this, someone doesn't have uh, a, a show. A week or two later, I get a press release. The same time. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that luck right. will uh, will work out. There's a lot of good stuff coming up in town. Yeah. So now. What is your? Tell me what your goal is for Filament Theater. Where do you want to be in five years? I mean, you guys are the, you guys are the are the ramrods for this show. This, you're you're the company at, the, at this point, right? Decision makers. So where are you going to be in five years? Well, in my dream, we have our own space in five years. Um, so one practical consideration. But something that we're that we're really working towards that just. Part of our, our whole mission and our vision is just a company that really is devoted to community, imagination, and sustainability. As we continue to grow and um, and are moving forward, finding ways to, first of all, create uh, an artistic home for our ensemble and for the artists that work with us. And um, we we were lucky to have a really strong community of artists and, and to keep that going strong. And also to to integrate the work that we're doing into the community to to find ways to have events and outreach that that corresponds with the shows so that the it's not just a play it's a whole event around a topic you know the reason that we choose the story is because there's something in the story that connects to us so sort of use, use that as a starting point and then expand from there and then through all of that we we strive to do that, um, and this is something that that has been a value of ours, and we've recently committed to it as part of our mission, is to do that in a sustainable, a way that is sustainable for the company, for the artists, and in a way that's sustainable for the earth. And one of the most important things that we believe is that the way that the process happens everything that's in the rehearsal room ends up on the stage somehow that the relationship of the actors to the director to the designers it it all creates the world and becomes part of what happens on stage you know whether it's literally like the blocking or the atmosphere around it and the way that everybody works together so so as we continue to talk about our mission and our values and how we wanted to move forward as a company we kept coming back to structuring our our process in such a way that it's healthy, that it allows for creativity, that it allows for dialogue, and, and that we make, the way that we make the theater is, um, is just as important to us as the way that it comes out. And then that just kept carrying backwards and backwards to continuing to make good choices through how we design the shows using you know, supporting local business as much as possible and using sustainable materials and reused materials. And as we move forward, roundabout answer to the question, just to to be using theater as a tool to continue to build this community 
which is supporting its own community. We need that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of, a lot of theater groups, a lot of theater companies start out. They're the the egos of two or three people, or it's you know it becomes a showcase for them, or or uh, others is it's it's they all they write, direct, and produce all their own stuff. And you know that has its own pitfalls because you can only write so many. I think so many good plays. <laughs> you need that, you know, the kid delivering the pizza to say, you know, that doesn't work, you know, kind <laughs> of stuff. But it, but you guys have the spirit of cooperation and and ensemble. That makes that makes quite a difference. So we're looking forward to uh, what you guys have going. Well, thank you, thank you. It's we're we're excited to to be here and and specifically to be in Chicago too. It's it's an exciting theater community. So. Yeah. Any last words? Because we're about uh, out of time. No, but if if um, if you have any other questions or any information, we're we're um, available on our website at www.filamenttheater.org. And your next show's coming up in October, right? That's right, October twenty second. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there'll, well, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of marketing and a lot of uh, hype for this. And, Absolutely. Uh, and and I'm and I'm sure we'll we'll relink. This when the reviews come up, <laughs> Mark, Mark Meyer's very good at, at at doing that. Well, folks, thanks for listening, and go see a play this week. Mm-hmm.